It's time for the Raging Cajun Army, the only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. And now, here's your host, Matt Miguez. For coming on thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us so let's just let's just get right into this um how, how obviously one of the one of the we, we got a lot of questions from members of raging cajun nation through raging pagan and one of the things that was kind of the main topic was communication between the department and the the fan base needing to be maybe a little bit a little bit stronger what do you what do you guys plan to improve that we have lots of plans you know i started here in july and uh hired hans in august and he's been a tremendous addition to our team and and the reason why we work so well together and get along so well is that we love people and we love to build relationships and you can't have great relationships without great communication and if you were to ask someone the, the, the best traits about me, I would hope that they would say I'm a great communicator. I love uh, talking to people. I talk to people literally all day, every day. I'm on my phone constantly. I'm on email constantly. Um, from probably 6 a.m. to 11 o'clock at night, I'm communicating with people. Uh, and so I hope people know that if they ever want to get a hold of me personally, uh, that will never be an issue. I will always communicate, and I think Hans would be the same way. We're very similar like that. Where we've got to improve is communicating with RCAF in general. For example, we have an RCAF email address, rcaf at louisiana.edu. That email address, we had some technological difficulties, and for like a month or so, we couldn't even get access to it. Then the guy that runs that for us, Walker Rowland, our director of annual giving, he's been in the hospital uh, the last couple weeks, and he's home right now recovering uh, please keep Walker in your thoughts and prayers. He's a great young man. He'll be fine, but he's been out of commission. And so we did not have it set up to where other people can have access to that email while he's not around. So we're fixing that. Um, our phone number, we tried to change it to make it easier for people to remember. And so I don't even remember what it was previously, but we changed the last four digits to where they're RCAF, right? So it's, uh, what was it, 481 RCAF? Is that right? That's right. Um, and so that's a, a way that we want people to be able to call us and get a hold of us. Susan Bro, who handles uh, our front desk and answers the phone, does a tremendous job for us and is really, really effective at her role. Uh, and so I, I think you'll see a change in how we communicate. We apologize anytime you've ever reached out and we haven't responded. I can guarantee you that's not going to be an issue moving forward. Secondly, and I'll let Hans talk about this, we, we're launching a program called the Cajun Concierge Program. It's very similar to what uh, what I did at Purdue where we had the boy, uh, the, the BAR program, the Boilermaker Athletics Rep, B-A-R. And so we're, we're coming here with, with this, uh, our own unique version of it. We're calling it the Cajun Concierge Program. And 
Hans, you want to hit on that for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So something that everybody can look forward to uh, in 2020, like Lee was saying, is going to be the Cajun Concierge Program. So if you're a current RCAF member or if you visit our website, myrcaf.org, you'll see the benefits chart. And on there, about halfway down, uh, you'll see a benefit called Assigned RCAF Concierge. And so for every RCAF member at the $5,000 level and higher, you will have a personal contact, a concierge that you can call from our office at any time with any question, and they'll be able to provide the answer for you, or they'll do the research and and the legwork to get an answer for you, and they'll call you back. And so um, what we're trying to get away from is the days when you had to call one person and then they transferred you to another person and they told you to email the Cajun Dome and then they said, hey, you got, we, we want to cut all that out. And so um, all of our $5,000 and up members are going to have a single point of contact with RCAF. Um, so any questions you have regarding tickets, bowl games, um, different packages, your personal seat donations, giving to the quarterback club, the assist club, whatever. You call your person, ask them the question, they'll get you an answer uh, back. And, uh, you know, the focus is about service. We, we want to have great relationships with our people. Uh, we want our, our membership to feel appreciated. Uh, and one way that we believe we can do that effectively is to offer the best customer service. And, and that's why we want to implement this Cajun Concierge Program. And we believe it's going to make a huge difference um, and, and a positive impact to the membership base. And, and we're really excited to roll that out in 2020. We, we want this person, the, the full-time staff, and we have six full-time staff members, which, which is a good size, not a great, not a huge staff. Um, but we want this person to be your one-stop shop for everything, whether it's priority points, tickets, parking, away game tickets, whatever, renewals. And eventually we want to get to where the whole membership has a Cajun concierge. We just don't have the, the manpower to do that. So we're starting at the $5,000 level and above, plus board members and some other major gift prospects. But uh, eventually we want to get to the point where everybody has a Cajun concierge. But right now we're, we're piloting it at the, at the $5,000 level and above, and we think it'll be really well received. By the way, our phone number is 851-RCAF. I don't know if I said that correctly earlier, but it's uh, 851-RCAF. And hopefully people can get a hold of us, and we'll definitely make sure that's a priority to improve that uh, moving forward. I was going to say, that's very nice. Uh, that Cajun concierge sounds like a great idea, considering the fact that, I, and I'll say this as, a, as, a, as an alum and a supporter of the school for a while, but um, that's one of the biggest things, not only communication, but transparency. Exactly. Having that one-time contact to where you can actually get all of your questions answered is, is really important, and I think a lot of our fans will really appreciate that. Um, so you were saying that right now you're starting at the $5,000 level, or the donor level. Um, do you plan on because of the staff? Would would that be something that you would plan on adding employ, employees, or just kind of keeping it the way that it is? I would love to add staff. As far as staff. Yeah, I would love to add staff. And, and even when I interviewed, I I told uh, the executive committee of the board and, and Brian Maggard and, and Lisa Capone, my two bosses, that um, I think we're probably two staff members short. One in annual giving and one in major gifts, and so. Would love for us to eventually get to eight. That's how many we had at New Mexico when I was the executive director of the Lobo Club, and so um, I think that that, that uh, we're a little bit short in numbers. That would allow us to better serve our membership. And uh, you know, at, at Purdue we were at sixteen. I think so. You know, it, it's all it's all uh, a matter of scale, right? And so the, the more donors that we have, the more staff that we need. But 
Right now, um, we got we got to play the cards that we've been dealt, and this is the staff size that we have, and we have a great team of people. Uh, we just got to make sure that we're uh, communicating at a, at a higher level and uh, being more out front and uh, external, getting in front of people. You know, that's something Jerry, you and I have talked about. Is you know, we, we want to get in front of people one on one. Um, and show them that we value them, whether they're a $50 member or a $50,000 member. They're all important. Every gift matters, every size matters, and, you know, we want to get out there as much as possible. But because there's only six of us, that's hard, you know. And uh, and so we've got to be smart and efficient with how we do that. You know, the other thing that's hard right now is three of the six are new. Myself, Hans, and then our new assistant director of annual giving, Caitlin Dubuque, who started this month. And so, you know, we're just trying to, to meet our board. We're trying to meet our, our biggest donors, but we also are trying to meet, you know, those diehard fans like yourself that, that are at everything, and we got to know them and make you feel just as special and valuable as our multi-million dollar uh, givers. And so, you know, we, we talk about internally, I know I'm... Um, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I think it's important to this conversation is um, there's a book called uh, Good to Great. It says, you know, talks about the hedgehog concept. What, what can you be the best in the world at? And, you know, we're never going to raise as much money as Michigan or, or as Florida or as Texas or whatever. But I think the thing that we can do better than anybody in the country here at UL and at, with the RCF is have the best relationships, be the most relational fundraising organization in the country. So with that being said, and I'll ask both of you this in, uh, individually. First one to answer, no problem. Um, so you guys, uh, the way it sounds, what you've implemented, it seems like you have a little bit of experience. Uh, both of you are yeah. fairly new. You've been here, each of you have been here about, I think, uh, Hans, you Five came months. in late late August. Uh, Lee, you started in July. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about your background, how you got here. What's, uh, I know you've worked at some other schools. Um, what, what got you here to Lafayette, especially from the other schools that you've worked at before? Yeah, uh, Hans, you want to start? Yeah. Uh, what brought us here um, was, you know, we, we really felt, my, my wife Taylor and I, from the outside looking in, um, that the University of Louisiana Athletic Department was primed for uh, huge success. And, um, you know, on the national landscape, right? So I I'm, was born in New York. I grew up in Chicago. You don't know a lot about ULF yet, as it was called back when I was growing up, and and the Raging Cajuns nationally not talked about, but in the last 10 years, I've lived in Texas, and I've lived in Mississippi, and and, and I've been south of the Mason-Dixon, and and in in that region, people are talking about UL, and it's always kind of like the next big up-and-coming, kind of like a Gonzaga or a UCF or a Memphis, as far as kind of like that quote-unquote mid-major um, that that really is either doing big things or is about to do something great, and so that was kind of that's kind of the reputation regionally. Um, and so, right before we came here, we spent the last three and a half years at Mississippi State, and so that's where I've been most recently. And in UL, coming from Mississippi State, uh, people know about UL and they know about the Raging Cajuns and um, the the football program, the baseball program, especially. Um, the softball program are all highly, highly competitive. Uh, basketball, I, I think, is is on the verge of doing some some really exciting things. And then you get into the program, and then you see soccer, 
having unprecedented success and um, you see volleyball going on a tear really picking up momentum towards the end of the season and you look at the athletic program as a whole and it's like wow we have the chance to be really special all across the board unlike some of those other schools who are known for having one good sport program or maybe two good sport programs we could have three four five six nationally prominent sports programs and and that's our our vision uh dr maggard he he put a vision out in front of us um when i first got here that we want to grow to become a nationally prominent athletic program and that's from top to bottom that's not just football that's not just baseball we want to be nationally prominent as a whole when people hear louisiana athletics they think about this program right here and, and whatever time of year it is they're like oh yeah you must be talking about their men's basketball team. You must be talking about their women's basketball team. You must be talking about their softball team because all of our programs are going to be elite and at that level. And so um, that's what we're striving for. You know, when we're out developing these relationships that Lee was talking about and, and working hard to um, serve our, our donors and our investors, um, it's with a goal in mind. And, and we have uh, fundraising goals that, that Lee's going to touch on in a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to enhance the experience for our student athletes all across the board, not just the football team, not just the baseball team, not just the, the programs that people want to talk about, right, on, on a daily basis. Um, because what I've learned here real quick is football is not the only program that's got super fans. <laughs> no. are, We're very unique in that. There in that are diehard super yeah. fans, you know, in each one of these programs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's really cool to be a part of. Um, again, coming from the outside, not growing up here and didn't go to school here. Uh, a lot of this is new to me, but as I'm getting out and meeting people and, and cultivating these relationships, I'm seeing, you know, some folks, hey, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so will be at every single home volleyball match and they'll travel with the team a little bit, uh, but they're not so much interested in baseball. Right, and I'll see the same with, with softball, but but maybe not football, or, or men's basketball, but maybe not soccer. And every but you know, there's a, a, a contingent, a group of fans that supports each one of our programs really intimately, uh, and and that's just awesome. Can you talk a little bit about your background, Hans? You know, you mentioned where you grew up, but uh, you have a really unique background that you came from the sponsorship side of the business, and how that has translated here into development, and why this has been a natural fit for you. Because I think before I called you, you were you were considering this kind of path, anyways, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my background is in corporate partnership development. Um, so, Raging Cajun Sports Properties is is an affiliate of Learfield, and mm-hmm. so Learfield is uh, who I used to work for. Um, at Mississippi State and a few other stops uh, before that. Um, And so for the last seven years, I I was working with Learfield uh, in various capacities. And then prior to that, I was with the Orange Bowl Committee down in South Florida and spent some time with the Miami Marlins and the Miami Dolphins. And so I have some experience in the the professional realm as well. Um, And I was talking to Jerry about that just a little while ago. My time... Uh, in the pros really helped cement for me that my passion is in collegiate athletics. I love um, the fan base, the, the tradition, the pageantry. Um, I love uh, you know just the way that um, people support their alma mater and support their favorite team. Um, and, and, and that's what I wanted to be a part of. Um, I grew up in Chicago in uh, the state of Illinois. So it's a basketball state. University of Illinois is a basketball school and we're really good at that. And, and uh, the, the football team and, uh, is growing there. Um, but the, the culture here is a little bit different. F- football tends to be the focus, but 
then next thing you know, people talk about baseball and they're super excited about softball. You know, again, I think being down here, I've noticed just kind of a well-rounded fan base, uh, which makes it really fun. And uh, my transition from the corporate partnerships role into this one, I think was just kind of natural because there, the, the focus was on developing really strong relationships, but it was primarily with corporations and, and businesses. And then here, I'm, I'm developing really strong relationships but with individuals and families. Um, and so a similar skill set, um, but just with a, a slightly different focus. At the end of the day, the goal remains the same. How can we generate revenue and, and build financial support for an athletic program? Um, but instead of wearing maroon and white, now I'm wearing vermilion and white. You got the color correct too. Yeah. <laughs> vermilion and white. You I got the color that. correct. I like it. Now, you know, Lee and Hans, I can, I can go ahead and direct this one to both of you. You know, we're, we're here in mid-December, the, the year is winding down. What would you say is the yearly, the state of the union, if you will, of the of the RCAF? Uh, yeah. Do you want me to get into that before I talk about my background and, and you want me to answer that? Oh, no, you, you go, go ahead and answer that question. Let, let's yeah, talk. Because I do want to hit on that. Um, I'm not sure if... Uh, if your listeners want to know kind of my... my yeah, no, absolutely. 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 Uh, we want to know who you are. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, I'm from Houston. Um, Hans's wife is from Houston as well, so that's... You know, we're both very uh, familiar with this part of the country. Um, went to Notre Dame. Hans went to Illinois, and so we're both educated in the Midwest, but uh, I got my master's at Texas A&M. Hans got his at... St. Thomas in, in uh, Florida. Um, but we both have master's degrees in sport management, which is very helpful for this industry. But uh, I've been blessed to be able to bounce around the country and, and work my way up and uh, have moved pretty much every three to four years on a consistent basis. Um, I, I started in marketing as a director of marketing University of Houston, and then got into fundraising at Arizona, and then was the head of fundraising, very similar role to what I have now associate athletic director and executive director of the Lobo Club in New Mexico. Then I got to be an AD for three and a half years at Abilene Christian, which is a Division One FCS school mm-hmm. like McNeese and Nichols. Same Southland. Conference. Yeah, the Southland yeah. Conference, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I missed, you know, the, the, the big time. I missed Power Five, so I went uh, and left ACU and went to Purdue to be the head of fundraising at Purdue, executive senior associate AD. And it just was not a good fit for my family. Me, it was too far from home. It was too cold. It was uh, the Midwest is very different. No offense, Hans, but um, it was <laughs> none taken. I'm down here for a reason. That's right. It's, like, it's weird around Christmas time where it's 75 degrees outside. That's right. right. It's super uh, weird. It, it's, even we're still trying to get used to that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I got back to the South as quickly as possible. I was only at Purdue for a year, um, but everything else had been three, three and a half, four years before that. Um, but anyways, I, I uh, am really excited and, and humbled and, and just blessed beyond belief to be here at UL and to be in Lafayette. Uh, my family loves it. I love it. Um, Brian Maggard uh, has been great. I didn't know him previously. We got connected through Ross Bjork, who was the idiot at Ole Miss, now the idiot at Texas A&M. He introduced us and, and connected us. And uh, Anyways, um, it's a great opportunity, great, great um, What's the word I'm looking for? Transition for my family just it fits it fits me and, and fits my family really well, personally and professionally. And we we are thrilled to be here, uh, and I'm thrilled to have Hans. To be honest with you, he has been a, a godsend for me and a huge blessing in my life. And uh, when you have a right hand guy that's that's so um, dependable, trustworthy, honest, 
Um, good looking. Good looking. Good looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was waiting for something like something, that. Something, yeah. But no, he's, he's a lot of fun. You can tell that we, we get along really well and have a great time. And, and so yeah, this is an exciting time to be at RCAF, exciting time to be at UL. And we have a great team. So being the fact that you're, you're both adjusting to South Louisiana, how do you like the food? How do you like the culture? How's everything been as far as adjusting your families in the area so far? So Lee's looking at me right now because um, I hate this question because I love the food quite a bit. In fact, there's a running joke in the office. The first six weeks I was here, I gained 12 pounds <laughs> just to, a, a, as a testament to that's how much not, I like that's the not food. A that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kinda, pretty normal yeah, around we're here. We're kind of used to that. I gained, See, I gained so seven pounds. You say that, but I walk around the streets of Acadiana, and the people are not obese. Nobody is like overwhelmingly huge. In fact, everybody is really normal. They eat all the same food I am, but I feel like I'm the only one gaining weight. Um, I'm right so there with you, brother. Somebody has got to share with me the secret about how to look so lean Reds. and mean. Cardio. And Reds. Reds. Cardio. Reds, cardio, the gym. Uh, I Look, I go four times a week for that reason. You eat a plate lunch, it's a meatball stew, you feel like you want to take a three-hour nap afterwards. <laughs> That's right. And then I'm dragging myself over to the gym, just struggling to get there. But I'll, I'll, I, look, I tell everybody who moves here, whether it's you two or anybody else, Fall in love with cardio. That's uh, the yeah. best way to do it. Because yeah. this food will get you. It'll well, get you. The food has got me. So. But it's so good. You can't. It's, it's delicious. It's so good. So, yeah, we, we both um, have really enjoyed the food. We enjoy the culture. The, the people are incredible. They're so warm and welcoming and friendly. And, you know, it, it, in that regard, it reminds me a lot of Houston in that people just, uh, they're genuine, they're authentic. They, they uh, they trust you. They're 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 trusting people, and, and they have welcomed us with open arms. I did not have that experience at Purdue, going to the Midwest. I, I felt people were kind of keeping me at arm's length and, and not embracing and welcoming us like I was used to. And, and so coming back here in the South and in Lafayette has been such a huge breath of fresh air for my family and I. We just feel so. Embraced. I mentioned this when I got introduced, but I said you, you got to go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And I feel like people here celebrate us, and and it is it is truly a blessing and an honor to be here. Matt, yeah. what do you think? Should we give him a chance? Uh, <laughs> give him a chance, a little bit. I mean, he, little, little he, he seems like an artist. They seem like no, nice kidding. guys. No, no, no it's, uh-huh. and that's that's one thing we're proud of here. Is you know, it's like Drew Brees says about New Orleans, and and it relates to Acadiana. If 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 you fall in love with Acadiana, Acadiana will love you back. Yeah, that's right. Look um, at Joe Burrow. Exactly. Ohio guy. Yeah, yeah, and they took him right in. And, and the thing is, you know, uh, we have many, many customs down here. It's it's very it's very um, welcoming. Uh, one thing we do, even at, I'm sure you guys have learned this at Tailgate, it's almost like an insult when somebody offers you food yeah, and you, you say don't eat no. It. <laughs> they get mad at you. You've got to eat it all. <laughs> got to eat it all. Everybody. I love it. I love it. Now, you know, there there's one one thing that a lot of people have been asking us. You, you know, you mentioned the tailgating realm. You know, L- LSU does this really well. They have obviously, you know, you have you have paid tailgating sections and then you have a tailgating section that is kind of like a first come first serve. Is, is there a plan for for that to happen in the future or, you know, something something along those lines maybe? You know, right now, to be honest with you, Matt, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn and understand exactly how things have been done here historically, how our system works currently. Um, I do not have a lot of thoughts as to how to change it. I'm still trying to learn 
you know, the different lots and, and how much the minimum donation is for those lots, who tailgates where. Um, so we're still wrapping our brain around that stuff, not to say that it won't change because it definitely could. You know, one thing I've learned through this career and working in college athletics for 15 years is you have to really listen to people and you have to find out what's important to them. Um, things that matter at one school don't matter at other schools. Right. Very true. And, and so I don't want to think, oh, well, well, we did this at New Mexico or we did this at Arizona or we did this at Purdue and it, and it worked. So therefore, it's got to work here. You know, some things we're doing like the Cajun Concierge program because I do think that people will appreciate that here, having a dedicated customer service rep for them. But, you know, we're not just going to take a cookie-cutter approach to this, and, and I want to really learn and understand. And that was a big part of why I wanted to do this show is just to, to learn more about um, the, the fans out there and, and the RCAF members that maybe don't think they have a voice. I wanted to give you guys a voice. and. And I'm happy to, to meet with anybody. Jerry knows I'll sit there and, and answer whatever question I can, and to the best of my ability, I'm a very honest and transparent guy. I may not know, I may not have all the answers, um, but I want to listen and, and understand what our donor base and fan base wants, and uh, and then and then have an open mind to that. So to answer your question, is there's no specific plans right now, right. but I'm open to, to feedback. And, uh, and I'm still in the, the, the learning phase. I'm still right. trying to wrap my brain no. around it all. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry, you got anything that you want to um... – Yeah, so – and uh, um, Lee, off, off, of, off record, we've talked about this, but uh, one of the things right now is um, you're from Houston, mm-hmm. um, and there's a strong alumni base yeah. for UL in Houston. Houston, New Orleans, Dallas. Um, has there been any talks of as far as trying to build – a foundation in those cities, sure. even as far as Atlanta, right? So you've got yeah. you've got strong alumni bases outside of just Lafayette. What 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 type of efforts are being made to push for more of a presence or an RCAF presence in bigger cities outside of just Lafayette, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, but like Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, Jackson, Memphis, yep. etc. So I mentioned um, that when when there's been things that I've worked at other schools, you know, trying to see if they'll work here. One of those things in New Mexico, we, we had uh, local chapters within the Lobo Club, uh, and there was five different ones throughout the state of New Mexico. And it was a huge success there. I don't know if it'll work here, but we're going to try it. So we're, we're going to look into a RCAF chapter in Houston, New Orleans, and Atlanta. It's kind of those being our three starting points. Nice. And uh, we've identified a couple people that we think could be good, quote-unquote, chapter presidents to... to lead our efforts in those cities and then you know involve our board with that and, and so this is very preliminary I've talked about it with our executive committee of the RCAF board which is eight volunteers that are really really engaged and involved and, and have great ideas and they've given me the green light to explore it so we don't have any specific plans other than that right now it's just very conceptual but I think it's important for us to have a presence in those different markets uh, in an official capacity and so, you know, the Alumni Association does a great job here at UL. Jennifer Lemunier is a, is a terrific leader. We don't want to step on their toes because they have, they have chapters in these different areas as well. But I think having a, a sports-specific, RCAF-specific, athletic-specific presence is important. And so we're going to explore that for sure. Very nice. Um, oh, and, and, sorry, one more thing yeah. on Houston. So we're playing Rice this year in Houston at Redmond Park yeah. in baseball. And that's on... Uh, I think March 3rd, something like that. 
and so uh, Hans and I are we're talking this morning. We're planning a trip out there, and we're going to do some kind of event surrounding that game um, to try to possibly kick off this chapter uh, if we can. But yeah, that that's one thing that we want to do is just have a have a presence in those cities and do events surrounding those. Anytime the Cajuns play in those areas, and so we also played in Tulane. We play in New Orleans for, against Tulane. Uh, this year as well, so that could be a t- chance to do something in New Orleans. So Absolutely. Just trying to piggyback on other sporting events and, and, and have um, some um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, synergy between athletic events and alumni events and RCAF events and trying to host, host something in those different cities uh, to possibly kick off our chapters in those areas. Now, one question I've been getting a lot, Lee, uh, you know, smaller smaller donators, maybe, um, you know, like college kids like myself mm-hmm. or, you know, fresh out of college. Yeah. Is, is, there, a, is there a plan to, yeah, to, there make, is. to bring those guys in? Yeah, we're, we're going to explore a young alumni program to try to get people to join at, at the entry level. I saw one of the posts, I, I do go to RagingPagin.com and uh, try to keep up to the best of my ability, but I saw somebody posted that um, last year we lowered the minimum amount yeah. from $100 mm-hmm. to 50 yeah, right. yeah. and hopefully that, that helped, and hopefully more people joined the RCAF this year uh, at the $50 level. One thing we're going to explore is doing a young alumni program for recent grads to possibly sign up maybe at a $25 level or something like that to where your first five years after graduating, you get to join at half the cost. So we're looking at something like that. You know, another thing that we don't promote enough that I really want to make sure people know about is our, our monthly giving. I give on a monthly basis. I give them my credit card and they charge it every month. So you spread out your donation throughout the year. I think people, when they realize that they can do that, um, they, they get excited about that because it's not one lump sum, right. you know, one-time payment. But, um, you know, we want to make, I said this earlier, we want to make our $50 members, our entry-level investors, as we call them, to feel just as important and just as special and just as much of a priority as our $100,000 annual investors. We we have 14 levels within the RCAF, and that's a lot, but we did that because we wanted to show that there's there's room for everyone, there's something for everyone, whatever you're uh, able to afford. We're going to have options at that level that can hopefully entice you to support our student athletes and join the RCAF. So, you know, we, we've got to grow our membership. Last year, we had about 3,000 total members, and that's really just not not good enough, to be honest with you. Uh, it's it's decent in the Sun Belt. I think we're second in our league um, behind App State, but App State's got like over 7,000 members or something like that. So. Um, we've got a lot of work to do. When I was at New Mexico, which I think is a smaller program than UL, we had 4,500 members. And so I, I really feel like there's a lot of room for growth here. I don't want to throw out a number yet because, again, I'm still wrapping my brains around our demographics. Um, but I do think we can get to definitely more than 3,000. Um, you know, Brian Maggard always talks about just within the Acadiana area, um, He's uh, uh, there's eight 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 hundred thousand people that live here, yep. and yeah. you know, if you look at the number of alumni that we have at UL, the fact that we only have three thousand annual investors to athletics just really isn't good enough. And I don't want to make that sound like I don't appreciate those three thousand because man, I sure do, uh, and we're so grateful for their support. But 
Uh, I think we've got to grow the base and expand our membership. And Caitlin Dubuque, who we mentioned earlier, that's going to be her, her whole job is to grow our membership and uncover new stones and try to get more people on board. And I think she's going to be tremendous at it. So with that being said, right now it sounds like you guys are doing like a like a study, your own internal study as far as trying to grow, <clears throat> increase RCF membership. Um, based on your experiences at the other universities you worked at, what in your mind would differ here in Acadiana that you might have done elsewhere or is there really a difference as far as growing the the base because of you know whether you're at Purdue or um, sure or, or New Mexico like what 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 would be a good plan as a start yeah I think one thing that is very unique to UL and Raging Cajun Nation you know we we love to socialize we love to be around each other mm-hmm. we love to spend time in front of each other and with each other and so you know, I think that we've got to really do a better job of having events that are, are broader in their scope and, and not just limited to our top donors, but, you know, things that everybody can come and feel a part of. You know, we, we've got to expand opportunities for people to get together and socialize and meet other RCF members, yep. uh, network, hang out, whatever. You know, th- this place is so unique in that, the people that you sit with, the people that you tailgate with, I mean, that, that's a big deal. You know, <laughs> Someone was telling me, Ryan Paco on our board, like if, if there's a way for us to get the, the, the groups that tailgate and get them to go all and sit together at the game and maybe do like almost like in-venue tailgating types, you know, sure. that, that, that's unique. And, and I would have never thought about that at some of the other schools I've been at. But, you know, here – at UF, correct me if I'm wrong, but the culture seems like people, they just want to hang out yep. and, and yeah. mm-hmm. spend time together and enjoy the games together and, and and socialize, not just during football season, but throughout the year. And so what can we do within the RCAF to cultivate that mm-hmm. and to help in those regards? So that's what I'm working on and our, our staff is working on is, you know, what are some different and new events? And it's not just golf tournaments. There's enough golf tournaments. Right. We're trying to do other things to engage and involve people at all levels. Something unique with the culture and with the, the customs down here, basically. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a great idea. Um, I think another thing that that is unique to this place is, you know, the, the diamond sports culture. I mean, the, the baseball and softball fandom is incredible. And, um, you know, how do we capitalize on that? You know, I've never seen a place. Not, I can't even think of a school in, in the entire country where you could – sell out at baseball and softball but it'd be half empty at football it just blows my mind you know we almost have and this is crazy i'll, I'll throw out some numbers now we have like 3600 ish baseball season ticket holders mm-hmm. and only 6500 ish football season ticket holders mm-hmm. yep you know i don't think there's any school in the country that could say that they have you know you know, almost as many football season ticket holders as they, I mean baseball season ticket holders as they do football. It just blows my mind. And so, you know, how do we tap into that? How do we get people to translate their passion for the diamond sports and get that to turn into fundraising dollars and support for our student athletes? You know, clearly people love those sports. There's something about those games. I've never been to a Raging Cajun baseball game. I've never been to a Raging Cajun Oh, it's, it's just different. Wait. Just wait. It's different. And, and really the thing is, and I'll, I'll say this as a, as a fan in general, like um, the thing about baseball and softball is when you go to the games, one thing you will notice is that there's no, and not to say this about any other UL sport, but 
when you go to a game or any sporting event in America, right? Like when you said you're a Notre Dame grad, when you when you walk into Notre Dame Stadium, there's just something about it. You just feel it. You feel yeah. the four horsemen. You feel Rudy, Rockney, and there's nothing that you can do as a as a administrator to really force upon the tradition of Notre Dame football. Yep. That's kind of how it is with UL baseball and softball. Awesome. It's 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 tradition, but it's also created by the fans. And I think that's kind of the thing that we find that makes us so proud to be, you know, such big supporters of the Diamond Sports because not only is it is it organic, but also there's success behind mm-hmm. it. You know, baseball is a history. As of today, 24th in the country collegiate baseball poll. I mean, and softball is competing for a spot in Oklahoma City every year. We just add the our cult the cultural side of it mm-hmm. to the games, and I think that's one thing that. You know, just as a as a fan, as an RCAF RCAF donor, that um, that could be something or an opportunity to capitalize yeah. on for sure. I, I've got to figure that out, and you know, like I said, I <laughs> but it can't be forced. I, I haven't been be to a game yet. I can't wait. Uh, my wife and I met at a college baseball game. There you uh, go. And this year, you get to spend Valentine's Day at a college right. baseball That's game. Right. <laughs> Look, the missus and I already talked about it. We're actually going out to eat the night before there on the thirteenth, and then we're going to be at yep. Russo Park on Perfect. the fourteenth. Yeah. Lacey and I met at uh, Olson Field, now Bluebell Park, at Texas A&M. Nice. And so we have an affinity for college baseball as well. Uh, I'm so excited about Matt Deggs. If you haven't read his book yet, 15 to 28, it'll awesome. change your life. Awesome. I read the whole thing cover to cover in like a week, which is was fast for me. <laughs> uh, I couldn't put it down. I mean, the guy's an amazing man with an incredible story. And, and uh, you know, softball, like you said, I mean, we... we we can win the national championship this year. I mean, that's, that's no joke. Yeah. You know, we, we have a legit top five caliber team this mm-hmm. year, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Now, you know, Lee, I don't know if there's a, if there's a stated goal, because like you said, <laughs> the, the topic is of, of a lot of questions has been you're still fairly new mm-hmm. to the area. Is there a stated financial goal for 2020? Yeah. So um, I mentioned earlier I have two bosses, uh, Brian Maggard. You know, that's my deputy AD hat that I wear. I'm one of the four deputy athletic directors that reports to Brian and helps run our department. Uh, but then as far as my role with the RCAF and the fundraising component, I, I work for a lady named Lisa Capone, mm-hmm. who is our associate vice president for development across campus. She oversees all university fundraisers, uh, whether it's engineering or nursing or business, whatever. They all report to her, and she makes sure that we all um, coordinate our asks and the left hand knows what the right hand is doing etc cetera, etc cetera. and so she her job is very um, metric driven I tell people that with fundraising there's an art and a science to it and Lisa's really in charge of the science behind fundraising so we have lots of metrics Matt we have fundraising you know you know dollars that we need to raise we have goals for number of visits that we have we have goals for number of proposals that we present um, and so basically the line of thinking is if your activity is good, if you're out there getting in front of people, that's going to lead to more gifts. And so all that being said, to answer your question, we do have a goal for this year. Um, and I don't know how public that number is. I don't mind sharing it with you. It's, it's $8 million in, in total well, what, what we call fundraising um, um, production. And so that includes pledges. Like So if someone were to uh, leave us in their will, for example, uh, so that when they pass away, they give $2 million to UL. Well, they may not pass away for another 25 years, 
but we count the two million this year in our fundraising production report. And so that includes pledges, right? And so the annual fund, which is what most people think of uh, when they think of the RCAF, we do about $2 million a year in the annual fund. That's our goal. Um, but as you, as you can do the math, that's only a fourth of our total right. fundraising. Yeah, sure. So one thing that I would love for people to know, and I've got to continue to educate, uh, is that we raise a lot of money not just for the annual fund, but we raise money for um, our sport-restricted accounts, the Diamond Club, Rebounders, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that people give to the assists, um, Vermilion Links with Golf, you know. There's, there's several sport-specific gifts that people are giving that people can give to, and that's through the RCAF. I think people don't understand that that's part of who we are and what we do. You know, we raise, raise money with gift and kind. People, whether it's courtesy cars or, or meals, um, services that people can give, and that's, that's another way people can donate. Mm-hmm. Endowments, which is giving in perpetuity. Uh, premium seating, you know, suites, club seats, loge boxes. Uh, per seat donations that you have to give for your tickets. That's mm-hmm. all part of RCAF. Uh, it used to be called Excellence Funds. Now it's called PSDs, per seat donations. Uh, capital projects, that's where I spend most of my time and Han spends most of his time. You know, and we can talk about that if you guys want facilities, yeah, different facility needs and absolutely. how we're raising money for those things. And so um, there's a lot of uh, fundraising priorities that we have that will total and you add all that up together, hopefully we'll be over $8 million this year. Awesome. I'd like us to get in the 10 to $15 million range. We've done it before. Uh, I think the biggest year we ever had was like $12 million, uh, in total production. So um, those are some of the goals and metrics. Hopefully that's that's helpful. No, that's great. <laughs> that's it's a nice structure. Um, so you, when you talked about events, you said that you would like to do some events. It's early preliminary thoughts of putting events around games or um, atmospheres that can kind of embody the culture mm-hmm. um recently i want to say a few years ago i'm not sure if they still do it anymore but i think it was rcaf with the university did an auction night at the cajun dome convention center they would auction off you know local memorabilia sports memorabilia game worn um, jerseys game worn jerseys uh autograph was that yeah. rcac raging cage athletic celebration was that what that's, that was yes that's what it was, was it like yes. a concert I, I think, think so. there i think I, they had a musical act yeah, every year I've never yeah. been, but it was it was it was like a gala it was a real nice gala we kind of consider it kind of like a Mardi Gras ball down here. You got to wear the nice suit right. and the nice gown. But um, are there any type of events like that, or or appreciation, or socials, or fundraising activities that revolve around that that you have thought about, or any type of annual RCAF event that uh, can have one, just an opportunity to have a, a nice a nice you know night of just fundraising. So one of the six staff members that we have that does a tremendous job for us is Melissa Minton Menard. Mm-hmm. Melissa played soccer for UL and was the president of SAC and was Miss UL, all this stuff. Uh, she's on our team full time. She's the director of special events and premium seating. So she does a really good job of putting on our events. Right now, we have uh, a basically beginning of the year kickoff event. Mm-hmm. For uh, fall, winter, and spring. So in the fall, you know, it's for football, and, and, and then we do in the winter for middle women's basketball, and in the spring for baseball and softball. And she oversees that. And those are for donors that are, have a total investment of $3,000 or more. And those have been hugely successful and, and very popular in the past, and we'll continue to do those. What we're looking at is what are some events that we can do for all members um, a little bit broader and uh, not as restricted to certain sports. 
And so, you know, we have a lot of events that she does, so her plate's pretty full. You know, we've got the Hot and Spicy Golf Tournament yep. every year in May. She helps out with the individual golf tournaments that go on. She does all the athletic events as well. So she's spread pretty thin. But um, we do want to explore some, some more events that could benefit the whole membership or at least a broader base. Um, because right now, unless you're given at a, at a pretty high level, you're not really uh, included on some of those events. Sure. Now, that I don't mean that to sound exclusive because like, you know, there's, there's benefits to those members at that level. They want to have exclusivity for those events, and they should. They deserve it. But what are some other events that we could do a little bit broader to appeal to the masses more? Yep. They're looking into those. Now, another thing, Lee, that a lot of people have, have talked about is maybe a, a corporate entity joining hands with either the university or the RCAF. You know, anything anything like that in, in play? What do you or mean? Like a, like a, like a big-name group, like maybe Franks International or, you know, a, a big local company. That, that could join hands with, with RCAF in terms of bringing in fundraising and or sponsorships in general. Right, uh, yeah, just sponsorships. So corporate sponsorships are now handled through Learfield and Raging Cajun Sports Properties. So Hans hit on that a little bit. And that's one thing that, that I would love to explain to you guys how that works, and hopefully this somewhat answers your question, is that uh, if you want to give corporate dollars and you're looking for advertising and you know, ROI, yep. and you're trying to drive business to your restaurant or your store or your company or your website, all that is run through Learfield, mm-hmm. not through the RCAF. Okay. If you're looking to give, to get better tickets and parking, to get a tax deduction, to get some benefits like we've mentioned, you want to travel with the team or you want to, you want to get a sideline pass, you want a personalized parking spot, those are, are different type of money. That's not sponsorship dollars. That's charitable gifts. So there's some companies that do charitable gifts. They have a foundation that they give through. Um, but mostly what RCAF does is we're, we're, we're not asking for corporate dollars. We're asking for private dollars. We're not asking you to give money out of your advertising or marketing budget. We're asking you to give money out of your personal bank account. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're writing us a personal check, not a corporate check. Right. So that's where, who we focus on. And Learfield and uh, Raging Cajun Sports Properties, they're the ones that focuses on the, on the majority of the corporations. Now, that, that doesn't mean we don't have corporate members that give uh, money out of their, their foundations, but most of what we deal with is, is individuals. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. So Brian Billy uh, runs our Raging Cajun Sports Property Group. Learfield does a great job, and, uh, and that's, that's different but extremely important. So, so for do, uh, just... So just kind of an educated moment for me personally and for Matt as well. Um, would you say like do, do other schools, whether it was at New Mexico or Abilene mm-hmm. Christian or University of Houston, yeah. did their particular athletic foundations take in corporate money or was it divided? or No, separated? it's very similar to the structure okay. we have. Yeah, yeah you, you, you basically can draw a hard line between the corporate sponsorships and charitable donations. And the only time that that people kind of cross over as if the corporate entity has a foundation within it that gives ah. charitable gifts. So that kind of goes into our next question. Uh, <laughs> it's been kind of the elephant in the room for our fan base. Sure. Right now, uh, we've we've built softball stadium. Yeah. We've done the baseball stadium. We've renovated the Cajun Dome. 
Cajun feel. Yeah. Big what's, time, big what's, time project right what, now. What's, what's the what's the game plan if, if there if there is one? Sure. What you know, you don't have to go into specific detail. Obviously, you know that that's confidential. Yeah. But uh, you know, ju- just a general message for the for the fan base. What's next? Well, I'll tell you this much. Um, I'm not the AD here, and, and <laughs> I'm, I'm acutely aware of that. And I want to always be deferential and respectful to Brian Maggard. Oh, he's a sure. He's a tremendous AD. I'm blessed to have him as a as a boss, but also as a mentor and a friend. And I don't want to steal his thunder or or step on his toes. So I'll leave the kind of the full detailed plans to him. But I'll tell you this much: uh, I probably since November am working on Cajun Field stuff almost every day, mm. trying to figure out what the renovation is going to look like. How much is it going to cost? How are we going to pay for it? What's our funding model? Um, you know, how many suites are we going to have? How many club seats are we going to have? How much are we going to charge for suites? How much are we going to charge for club seats? Um, what, are the, what are they going to look like? So we're having all those conversations all the time. But as far as the scope of the project, you know, how much it's going to cost, how big is it going to be, I'll let Brian answer yeah. those questions no, at, the, at the right time. But but it, what is but it's I mean from your point of view with RCAF I mean you're coming up with the structure to get the money that's I mean right. that's the most important part is, right. is being able to pay for it. Um, so with that being said, I'm guessing uh, you're working with Learfield as well from the RCAF's vantage point. And so my question is, for example, like a suite, and, and this is more or less a, a structural sure. question. Yep. So if you get if if, if let's say for instance. Um, a local corporation or a local business wants to buy a suite. Yep. And then, uh, let's say, for instance, an individual wants to buy a suite or yep. a donor. You would handle the individual, yep. and then Learfield would handle the corporation. Not necessarily. Corporation. Good, you're close. Very close. Uh, um, so if all they want is a suite, then we would probably handle that deal. Okay. If they want a suite plus signage, advertising, advertising in the stadium, then Learfield's going to handle that. Okay. Right, so if you look in the south end zone right now and you see Waiter yeah. and you see Lords, mm-hmm. State Farm, State Farm, that's all Learfield. We don't touch it. I don't know anything about it. I have no idea how much it costs. I know how much they paid. I, have, I wasn't involved, and I won't be involved. Uh, but if they wanted to buy uh, club seats at the new stadium, we would deal with that. Okay. Yeah. So if, if it's advertising Learfield, if it's inventory, like as far as tickets, suite, parking passes, club seats, that's going to be us. And if they want both, which hopefully a lot of them will, then I'm assuming that we would we would go together to make that ask and to have that that meeting. And Brian, Billy, and, and my teams would collaborate and coordinate to make sure they get everything that they want. Um, but I hope that answers your question. Yeah, so I guess now the question is, like, I know, and I know you just explained it, the differences, but are corporations considered members of RCAF, like an individual? If they donate. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And so okay. so if, if they just if they just have a sponsorship package, if they just have a sponsorship package with no donation, then they're not RCAF members. Okay. Right. Yeah. So like I've I've had someone tell me recently, oh my gosh, we give you guys fifty grand a year. Well, you pay that to Learfield for a sponsorship, and you get advertising in exchange for that. It's a transactional deal. They pay X, they get Y in return out of signage inventory, whether it's um, links on the website, ads in the program, spots on the radio, video board, 
uh, logo placement, whatever. Um, if they do all that and they don't have a donation, uh, a, a charitable gift tied into it, then they're not RCAF members. Okay. They would need to make a separate donation to RCAF uh, for tickets and parking or for a tax write-off, whatever their motivation is. They would need to do that in addition to their sponsorship. So whatever money they're spending with Learfield, that does not go to the RCAF, that does not make them RCAF members. However, it goes to athletics and makes them supporters of athletics, and we need that. So, so that, that's pretty common across the board in all schools. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much It's 100% common. common. So with that being said, um, right now we're starting to see, uh, and we've talked about this a few times, you know, P5, G5, right? Yep. The whole playoff system, big school, little school, and you're really starting to see the margin widen a little bit in this conversation. But also, in a couple years, we're expected to see conferences maybe change a little bit because yep. of the TV contracts that are yep. up. I know for a fact that a lot of our fans have been talking about that because of what we're doing now with our plans and as a whole, whether it's from athletics with Dr. Maggard all the way to you with RCAF. So with that being said, uh, what is the RCAF, pl- RCAF planning to do to compete with those teams and those schools that we eventually want as our peers, whether it's coaching salaries, facilities, et cetera. Yeah. So like if we eventually try to build a model that could possibly get us into the AAC, have we started or are we starting and are there plans involved to get that going? Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically laid out. Like when conference realignment happens, we need to have X, Y, and Z and where are we in, where are we in those um, plans to get to those uh, goals? However, I'll tell you this much, Brian Maggard came here two year, two and a half years ago and brought a mentality of we're going to operate like a Power 5 school, and so we're going to do cost of attendance for our student-athletes, which is a stipend above and beyond their scholarship that they get for living expenses. We're going to do nutrition and, and unlimited meals and, and have a training table for our athletes. You know, We renovated the weight room at the back of the Cox building to have a place for them to come and eat every day, and whether it's as a team or individually. And so the academic support that we give and the level of um, service that our student-athletes get, our coaches and what they're paid, all of those things that I just mentioned, those are funded through RCAF dollars. So when, you, when you're giving to the RCAF, there's, I think there's people out there that think it's like some black hole. They don't know where their money goes. And we, get, we have to do a better job of telling that story where that money goes. But I'll tell you right now, it goes to student-athlete scholarships, coaches' salaries, nutrition, academic support, facility enhancement, you know, all those things are covered through the RCAF. And to your point, when that day comes, when the next wave of conference realignment happens, they're going to look at how much are we paying our coaches? What do our facilities look like? What's our scholarships? Are all of our sports fully funded from a scholarship standpoint? Are you doing uh, cost of attendance? Are you doing unlimited meals? And we're, we're doing all those things. You look at our size of our football staff. I mean, we have the same structure in place. Billy Napier's brought the same structure that they had at Alabama. And, you know, we, we may not have as many bodies. We're close. You know, we have a ton of assistance and quality control and intern and all that, uh, GAs, all that stuff. You know, he runs that program like a Power 5 program. And I think that that's going to be appealing in that next wave of conference realignment. So RCF will make a big um, – will make a big impact on getting us to that next level. But do we have like X, Y, and Z that we're trying to cross off on our way? No, not necessarily. You know, 
one of the best things about Brian, he has very high standards of excellence, and he's always pushing us to, on how we can get better, how we can grow, how we can improve. And, and I think we're always looking to operate in a way that's consistent with those Power 5 schools. And so we're, we're basically running on a Group of 5 budget but trying to operate at the Power 5 level. And I think some of our facilities, like baseball, are just as good as Power 5. Our new golf practice facility and stuff like that. I think we have, you know, softball uh, is a great facility, and, and we're, we're really able to um, compete from a facility standpoint. And that's why we're recruiting at such a high level in those sports. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously from, from this whole conversation, great things are coming from the RCAF. Great things are coming for for the university, Lee. We want to thank you for for taking the time to to meet with us. Yeah, my um, pleasure. Sorry, very, that, sorry, Hans had to run a little bit. Very fun. Very informative for for Jerry and I, as well as as well as the fan base. Um, yeah, we like I said, we really appreciate you having on, coming on. We appreciate everything you've done for the university, Thanks. just in your your few months here, and we can't wait to see what you guys have planned for. For the future. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love and appreciate your passion uh, for education athletics, and you know we're all in this together. It's going to take all of us to get to where we want to be. But I'm just so grateful to have people like you guys that are uh, passionate supporters that follow us religiously, that know all the ins and outs of our department. And I want to make sure everyone knows. And, and I'll end with this: I'm available. I want you to be able to reach out to me. I want you to connect with me. My personal email address is lee.daleon, D-E-L-E-O-N, at louisiana.edu. Again, lee.daleon at louisiana.edu. Would love to stay in touch, communicate, do whatever I can uh, to provide clarity and answers and transparency uh, for you guys and, uh, and, and the, the, post, the posters and the, and the followers on your page and on the podcast. You know, We want to be an organization that listens and that adjusts and can adapt to the, the needs of our members and potential members. And so um, really welcome and appreciate anybody's feedback. We're, we're going to try to get better constantly, and we can't do that. We can't get to where we want to be without everyone's help and without everyone's input, without everyone's support. So appreciate your time. Go Cajuns. Absolutely. All right, Cajuns. All right, Cajun Nation, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Raging Cajun Army, and we'll talk more next week about the bowl game coming up and more exciting things in Cajun Nation. And until then, go Cajuns.